produce like we should each and every day, living free as your spirit, as, in, living in your spirit and free as we need to. Pray for the other classes this morning. If you're with them, with the teachers, with the with the children, God, that they can listen and learn and understand. God, we just ask that you uh, bless us offering tithes and offerings this morning, Father God, and you bless each and every one here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. The goodness in my life. That's what He is. That's what Jesus is. He's a goodness in our life. Amen? Amen. We all can go to Children's Church. Looks like we've got a crowd this morning, a good group for that. So that's awesome. Amen. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> the rest of you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And verse 17, 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, we uh, started last week preaching on a subject just entitled Freedom in the Holy Spirit. And I know there's some that wasn't here. Well, you know, we talked about last week the Holy Spirit and Him working and moving in our lives should bring freedom to us. Not only here, you know, we contain Him to here a lot of times by, you know, thinking that you know, well, Holy Spirit needs to move during our time of praise and worship or, you know, He needs to move this time or this time. We need to come expecting the Holy Spirit to move every time we come through the doors and meet together. Um, and, and I'm not talking about somebody standing up and giving a word in tongues. That's not what the, all the Holy Spirit's about. We hear that and we see, you know, and that's happened here. And I'm not saying that's, that God's not past doing that through people, okay? Don't get me wrong. But I do believe a word of the Lord can come and we can all understand it in one voice and in one accord. I do believe that also. So, you know, so the Holy Spirit is more than just, more than just, I heard this this last week. Me and a guy was talking about it and he said, the Holy Spirit, and to me that's, that's dumbing down or just trying to wrangle in the power that the Holy Spirit has in our life just to be our conscience. Sure, the Holy Spirit does the Bible says, convict us of our sins, right? So He does convict us. So when we know we're doing something wrong and don't need to be, we do have a conscience, a moral compass, most of us. Even if people that are not saved have some kind of, most of them have some kind of moral compass to where they're not all just going out killing everybody every day. Right? Even You can remember before you accepted Jesus. You had something, hey, I don't need to do that. I don't need to go here. But I do believe also that the people who are in the world that have not accepted Jesus, they have to be drawn in by something. So the Holy Spirit draws those in because He convicts of sin, right? But we, we misconstrue and try to halter in and rein in the power that the Holy Spirit has through us because, oh, He's just our conscience. He's our guide. Well, He is. He said He'll lead and guide us in all truth. He convicts us of our sins. He comforts us. Jesus left Him here for a reason. When Jesus said, when I go, then I'm going to leave the Comforter with you, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave that one with you to lead and guide you in all truths. So we know that He left Him here for a purpose and for a reason. 
But why is that? Well, one reason is for us to have freedom in our Christian lives. Not only here, not only during this time that we come and meet together, but every day that we wake up, we have freedom through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and so, and Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 17, he said, Now the Lord is a Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. The Spirit of the Lord, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy, the Holy Spirit we talk about is more than a ghost. It's not just something that flies in and out and around. He's a part of, he's a part of the Trinity. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? So we know that, that without Him, He couldn't make it. It couldn't be the Trinity. He was there just like God and Jesus when God created man. When He breathed in, in man's nostrils, the breath of life, the Holy Spirit was right there watching everything. It wasn't something that He created when after Jesus had left, God said, well, oh, hang on, i got to create the Holy Spirit because so, Jesus said He's going to leave Him with us. He didn't do that. He's always been there. But, you know, in our charismatic and Pentecostal world, non-denominational, and then if you grew up Baptist or Methodist or whatever, you look at these others and you're like, well, they're just crazy. They're, they're crazy. Well, there's times that we try to force the Holy Spirit to move. Does that, you, you know what I'm saying? We want Him to move. We're having a special service. We're doing this. And evangelist says we've got to show Him how holy we are, how great the church is because somebody's new here. So we're trying to force the Holy Spirit to move. You cannot force the Holy Spirit to move. It don't work that way. You've got to be willing and ready and able for Him to move and use you as He wants to. And not let time constraints or songs we sing or who's talking or who's preaching or who's doing this hinder us from doing what He wants us to do. Because when we do, then we're hindering the work of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, I, I grew up, and, you know, we, we, it was preached here, and it, and it has been for years, and the church was brought up. We're a full gospel believing church, right? We believe the Bible as a whole. It's in our mission statement, in our, in our records, on the bulletin. You can read it there. We do, but we believe the Bible as a whole, but yet a lot of times we try to, well, I believe this, and I believe this, and not so much this, this ain't for us. So we say that, then we don't believe the Bible as a whole. We believe it more as a history lesson than the living Word of God, which is what it is. And so give me a second. I'm, I'm trying not to holler. I've been told I've been hollering the past few weeks and talking loud. So I'm just trying to keep people awake. That's all I'm trying to do. I'll slam on the pulpit or something. And, and so this is, you know, I'm just trying to teach a little bit. Can I do that? And... My teaching and the way I look at this and the way I feel like it's brought up, we're not going to get into today the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because those gifts talk about, he gave some, gave some speaking other tongues, some interpretation, some the gift of healing. We'll get into that here next week or week after. We will. And we'll talk about it in depth to where we can all understand it. Because I told you a few weeks ago, I try to look at things through my simple mind. And preach things to where I can try to get it across as simple as I can. Not that I think y'all couldn't understand it because I'm trying to still say it to where I can understand it myself a lot of times. So, we think of the Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit. We think of people jumping pews, you know, falling out, you know, whatever in the word of tongues. We think of that and it's happened here and people's just like, eh. When it, when it gets to that way, it can also bring confusion when they're confused and don't have to be there. You know, I was doing some, some study this week and come across a video and 
said his name, y'all would all know him, but he was a good man of God. He was. He was. Started a Bible college out in, I think it was Oklahoma. And thousands and thousands of ministers have come out of this place, okay? And, and so, but he was older in age and he was at a conference. You can tell this is back in the 90s. And he was walking by people and just, and of course, the, all, all this section would just fall out and flopping in the floor and stuff like that. And, you know, I've seen it. I've seen stuff like that. And that, to me, even though he's a man of God, and I know he, he's in heaven right now, I don't doubt that for one instant. But you can get caught up in those things also. There's nowhere in the Word that it shows me that when you feel with the Holy Spirit and that indwelling comes in, that you've got to flop on the floor like you're having a seizure. Or you've got to jump pews or run around. That's like I said last week. When we feel that we're in the presence of God and that Holy Spirit indwelling in us, it, something wants to come out. That is an emotion of some kind. We've had a service here when, back in 95, probably 96. Spirit fell, and we know it did. And, and, and there was just a service of laughter. People, this one woman just started out busting out and laughing. And it just spread throughout the church that night through a revival meeting was happening. And there's been other times we tried to duplicate those things. That's part of that force in the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying everybody that was here was forcing the Holy Spirit moving in their life, but other people can do that just so they can be seen. Does that make sense? I'm not calling anybody else or, or saying anything about anybody, but that can happen. So he's more than just a conscience. He's more than that to us. It's, it, there's so much about the Holy Spirit that Paul talks about in the New Testament that, that we could get into in different places. We go, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. He, there was one point after Jesus come back in John chapter 20. I ain't got this text today, but he gathered his ones around, his disciples around, and breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. This is right. To receive the Holy Spirit. And, and so, I'm not going to come up to you and breathe on you for you to receive the Holy Spirit. I promise. I don't believe that. I don't believe we have to do that. I believe when we pray and the Holy Spirit indwells in us, say, Father, uh, because in Paul, in Paul was preaching one time and, and the whole congregation he's preaching to, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Spirit through His preaching, through His Word. It's something we pray. It's something that we ask the Holy Spirit every day. Hey, fill me up. When you got up this morning and you drank a glass of water, you were good for right then, right? You were good. So to get filled up on something, we want to be full of it. We have to partake of it all the time, right? Have to partake of that. We have to, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Because when we're full of the Holy Spirit, that's what's going to produce out of us. And that's what we're going to read about this morning is the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of those things. Because nothing, no tree is ever planted and tended to, and you want it to produce fruit, that it does not produce that fruit. So when we got the Holy Spirit in us, we're born again, have the Holy Spirit inside of us, then if we're tending to what we need to tend to, then the Holy Spirit's going to produce fruit out of our life. It's going to produce what He wants to and what He wants to say, not what Mark Carroll wants to say. Not how I think I should handle this situation, but walk in the Spirit and be in the Spirit as He wants us to. <clears throat> we get in the way of these things happening in our life by our selfishness, by, our, by what we're going to read about the works of the flesh here in just a minute. 
And, you know, I read these things, and I've heard these since I was a child. All of these, Galatians chapter 5, we've, we've always heard this, we've heard it, we've heard it. <clears throat> but I, get, I look around, and there's people in here that may not have heard Galatians chapter 5 about how to walk in, how to walk in the Spirit, the, the lust of the flesh, and, and all these things. I take it for granted a lot of times. But there's people that are in church and people out there that need to hear it and need to hear the Word of God. So, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, Paul's talking to these people here at this in, in Galatia and, and telling them things they need to do and change in their life. So he comes down in verse 16. He said, I say then, walk in the Spirit. So reading this, how do we walk in the Spirit? Me, every day, this is it's all right, simple. Simple. You get up every day and put clothes on, right? If you didn't put pants on, you couldn't be walking in those pants, could you? So it's something that we choose to wake up and put on every day. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. When we're, when we're walking, something is part of us. My pants do not walk different than what my legs tell it to move. I'm, my pants are one with me right now, right? My shirt is one with me. It goes everywhere I go. The Holy Spirit, when we're walking in the Spirit, is one with us. We're one with Him. We're in Him. We know Him, just like we read in the book of 1 John, how we know God and we're in God. It's the same thing. We're being led by the Holy Spirit, not by our own wants and actions and different things. We're being led by the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's the lust of the flesh? We read it in 1 John. It's we're seeing we're all, three, all three aspects. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. The lust of the flesh is everything that we want to do that's contrary to God and what He's told us to do. Whatever it is in our life, wherever we're at, in school, at work, at home, whatever we want to say that we know we shouldn't say. If we walked in the Spirit and marriages, and husband and wife walked in the Spirit as they should, it would cut down a lot of arguments in the home. Because why? Because when we get to that point of saying something angry or lashing out or doing something, we sh- saying something and doing something we shouldn't do, then we're being blessed by the Holy Spirit. He's going to wrangle that in just a little bit. Let's think before you talk. Let me lead you into saying, and then you won't say those things that you want to say. It would, it would cut down a lot, a lot of, a lot of strife and turmoil. So walking in the Spirit, it's what, it doesn't come naturally to us. Why? Because we've walked and done ourselves for so long and still do in our Christian life to where we want to take care and do everything ourselves that it's hard for us to let somebody in and just take over. We don't want that. Especially men. We don't want nobody else telling us what to do. Especially, I mean, anybody else. We don't want it at work. We don't want it at home. We don't want it anywhere. We want to do what we want to do and not be told anything. So, and that's not just men. That's every adult. Children are the same way. We're, We're all born with that rebellious spirit. But it should have been broken when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And, and we have that dwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us. So, we cannot hinder, we need to quit hindering the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and letting Him lead us. You know, I was thinking of this, when you, it's getting that time of year where you're changing out wardrobe, right? You're going from summer clothes to fall clothes, because we all want it to be fall right now. It's been fall, look, it looks fall inside my house for a month now, 90 degrees. I see, I see leaves everywhere, pumpkins, all kinds of stuff. My wife loves decorating for fall, so we've been decorated for a while. And, and so 
you know, you're looking through there and you say, oh, I forgot about that shirt. I forgot about that outfit. I really liked it. Feels good on me when I wear it. But we keep it in the back of the closet and don't pull it out. That's why we do the Holy Spirit. We don't put Him to the forefront until we need Him. We do that in our life each and every day. I don't need Him right now, so I'll leave Him hanging up and just take Him out. It's not something that we're going to wear out. We're not going to wear out the Holy Spirit. You're not going to wear out His presence. You're not going to wear out His welcomeness in your life. Putting Him on like we need to every day. You're not going to wear that out. You're not going to throw it away and get a new one. Now, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He's God, and He wants to work in your life when you let Him work in your life. So we need to put that on. So these next few verses, I'm going to read Galatians chapter... Well, we'll read 17 and 5. We'll read these next two verses, 17 and 18. out of the New King James Version. be on your screen. For the flesh lusts or wars against the Spirit. What we want to do since we were born into a fallen creation... We do not want to follow God as a human being. As we are naturally born into. We want to naturally do what we want to do. What makes us feel good all the time. What brings us joy. What, don't, what brings us the less pain that we, that we can have out there. The less problems. The less trials. The less arguments. Whatever. Whatever makes us feel good. That's what we want to do. That's our flesh talking. Because we gratify that flesh. We gratify those things by... You know, it could be from addictions to, to just whatever we lose our mind in, lose ourself in, that we don't have to deal with anything else so we can gratify ourselves and, and feel good. And so our, our, it does not want the Spirit. Why? Because in this fallen creation, it's unnatural. In the Spirit world, there's so much going on in the Spirit world to where these angels and demons, yes, they do fight together in the Spirit world. I'm sorry. If you don't believe that, then, and then it's true. But it's true that, that so much is going on in the Spirit world that we cannot see and understand that we can be here today and not, not you know, sick and hurt and dead and all this stuff that Satan wants to do to us because God said, no, that's my child. That's my child. That's, I'm protecting them. I'm watching over them. I'm keeping them safe, as the Word says. So, and, and the Spirit against the flesh, these are contrary one to another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. I wish that I did not sin at different things at different points of the day, every day. I wish I did not give in to temptation. And it could be possible that I don't when I follow the Spirit and tell my flesh, hey, you're dead. You died on that cross. I hung you up. I buried you. I crucified that flesh. And I'm leaving it back here. And I'm not going back, digging it back up, because there's something there that I want to get. There's something that I want to do. There's something that I want to say. There's some, there's some part of me that wants to come back. Sure, it would be easier for me to go live the life that I want to live and not up here. That'd be easy. I could go drink when I wanted to. I could go smoke when I wanted to. I could go out and do anything that I wanted to do. And you say, you want to do that? My flesh wants to do that. Just like your flesh wants to do things that you, don't, you know it's not good for you to do. Your flesh wants to. So it's a constant battle all the time. He says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And so that law then that he was talking about here is that old law that the Jews had. Back before Jesus came, back before He died on the cross, that 600 and something laws that they had to try to live by to be perfect in God's sight. So you're not under that. So these next few verses, 
verse 19 through 21. This is out of the message translation. I like the way these reads, and we're going to bring some of this stuff out. It's obvious what kind of lifestyle develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. How many want to do that? Want to have it our way? We cook her eggs yesterday morning. She, I was eating fried eggs. And I said, you want, no, I don't want them fried. I said, this ain't Mama's. You can't have it your way. <laughs> when, when all three of mine were in school, they would go to my mom's in the mornings. And she would cook Peyton his own breakfast. She would cook Ariana her own breakfast. And it's not eggs and bacon. This is pancakes for one, eggs and something else, toast and something else, make it just what they wanted when they wanted it. So I told us, this is not Mama's. But we want it our way all the time, don't we? We want our stuff when we want it. That's the flesh. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. I like this one. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Mm. There's too many in the body of Christ that carry around too much baggage that is supposed to be dead and gone. But we carry around all the bad things that happen to us instead of asking God to forgive us for it and quit carrying those things around with us. And then the mental and emotional garbage. We're on, I mean, there's, I don't know, and I, I'm not against medicine. People need it for different things going on in their life. But, and I take medicine. There's prescriptions that I take every day, thyroid and whatever else. I mean, nothing. But the medical world probably wouldn't be as rich as they are. So don't get mad at me, okay? This didn't come from me. I mean, it's coming out of me, but if the body of Christ, the Christians, wasn't on all these medications for all this mental and emotional garbage that we put up with, right? They got a pill for everything. And then another pill for that. And if this don't work, we'll put you on another pill. But they don't talk about all the side effects that goes along don't know how to get rid of this accumulation of mental and emotional garbage that's attached to our lives. The only way we're going to get rid of it is by letting Jesus do the work we're supposed to do. That's the only way. And leaving it there, crucifying that, and leaving it there, going back and looking at it and saying, no, I don't want that again. I don't want there again. I believe we can get there. It's not going to be easy for us to get there, but we can get there in our lives. If not, He wouldn't have told us to. He wouldn't have told us that greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. He wouldn't have told us that you're above only and not belief. You're the, not, you're the head and not the tail. Right? When You're blessed when you're going out. You're blessed when you're coming in. You're, you're blessed. And, and so, if it's not true, then, then I don't believe He would have put it in there. It says, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion. Well, that's going on in the church today, isn't it? Like what greasy grace we talk about. Make you feel good for a little while. Get your get your emotions up. You know, we can we could have a you know, I want we could have a band in here just pumping out all kinds of stuff and we get just emotional. I've said this before. If that's all you get out of it, then that's not the Holy Spirit, that's emotions. And when you go out there riding on cloud nine, the devil's going to smack you in the face and you're going to be right back on the ground. Because you didn't get anything but emotions. Emotions change. Happiness, sadness, all changes day to day, right? However we feel, it changes. 
Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming, yet never satisfied wants. That's America. Never satisfied wants. We talk about this a lot. What I want. What I want. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want a new truck. I want a new car. I want a new house. I want new clothes. I want new shoes. I want golf clubs. Yeah, my wife's rolling her eyes. I go through it. I see things that we all do. We see things we want all the time. Why? So we can have some status. So we can be as good as this person. Or feel like, you know, we can drive up in this. And it's like, oh, they got some money. No, we got debt. We got credit. That's what it is. That's what people told me. You can't have money. I was like, no, you can't have good credit. That's all that is. Never satisfied wants. A brutal temper. That's the flesh. A brutal temper is the flesh. An impotence to an impotence to love or be loved. As someone that does not want to love or does not want to be loved. We don't need to be there. That's where our flesh wants us to be. Divided homes and divided lives. There's a lot of that going on, isn't there? Divided homes and divided lives. Even there's, there's some cases to where the home may not be divided and still together, but that man or woman could be so far apart that they might as well be. There's no love there because she's got her wants, he's got his wants, and they, he's got his desires, she's got her desires, and they do not include each other, and God's nowhere in the mix. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rivalry, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. We see that. I see videos all the time of these people in these cities, and I say big cities, it happens here too, and they're so out on whatever they're cracked out on. They're just they're standing in the middle of the street, just look like zombies. I don't know where they are. They're just standing there hunched over. How they don't fall, I don't know, but they don't. Those uncontrollable addictions, those things that we need out of our life but we don't want to because it makes us feel good. Our flesh, it gratifies our flesh again. It says, ugly parodies of community, I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you. You know, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. The freedom we have. We have freedom if we want it. This road leads to destruction. But we have that freedom to do all of this stuff and live our life just like this. You have that freedom. He's not going to put some horrible disease on you. Why? Because He gave us all a free will. He's not going to do that. But He's given you a choice. You can either walk in the Spirit or walk in the flesh. But the flesh always leads to destruction. Always leads to death. No matter what you go off in, it's sooner or later going to lead to death. And you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means you will not be in heaven. You will not inherit the things that God wants us to have. Why? Because you keep rejecting the Word of God. You keep rejecting the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. You keep rejecting those things so you can gratify more of you and less of Him. So we want all these things. We, want, we see all these things working. And I, I'm reading this and I highlight it a lot. I see these things that work in my life and want to work every day. They want to well up and, and be more in my life of flesh than the Spirit. If I let it be that way. But it's a constant battle. We all know it is. No, 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 we're not doing that. I'm not doing that. Holy Spirit, lead me right now. Holy Spirit, I need you to show me what to say and what to do and where to go. I need you, Holy Spirit. What's wrong with us saying that? Oh, that sounds weird. Well, who cares? 
Who cares if it sounds weird? Who cares if it sounds silly or strange? We have the ability to do that. Why not use it? Why not use those things that God's given us to use? But He didn't leave it there, did He? He didn't leave it just at the works of the flesh and this is what we'll produce. Why? Because we're a child of God and we're different. Because we can overcome these things in our life and we can be different and show everyone out there how, how we're different than them. Not better, but different. And how they can be better and different also. So in, in verse 22, so the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit. What did I say when you plant something? What happens? We just, we're just we going through harvest season right now. I've been through a lot of that this summer and it's about over with, I know. But who, whatever you planted, you tended to, didn't you? You got the weeds out of the way. You didn't want them morning glories coming up or those weeds overtake what you planted in the ground. So that's, that what's inside of us, the Holy Spirit, is planted here. God wants to take care of it, wants us to take care of it and tend to the things around it. Get all the other garbage out of our life to where He can be number one. To where His Holy Spirit can be number one and produce out of us what we should produce. None of this other garbage that we just talked about is the Holy Spirit going to produce out of our lives. If you're telling somebody off after church, and you did this morning, that was not the Holy Spirit just because you told them God wanted you to say this. I'm sorry. Because that's anger. Right? That's the work of the flesh. You can say it was, God wanted me to tell you this. No, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. All those things. And we're, there's more. This ain't the end, of the end of the thing. But if we just kept it there, think how much more we could do every day when we get up every day in our home, how it would be better, our relationships with our, our spouses, our children, our parents. Everybody around us would be better at school. When you go to school, how much better would it be if you produced those things out of your life versus all this other stuff? How much better would it be? In, in Romans chapter 11, And there's more to this, what we're going to read in verse 16 to 17, I know, but I wanted to grab these two out, okay? And at some point, we'll come back and read the other stuff. But it's talking in the other parts of this about, about Jews and, and Christians and non-Christians and Gentiles and all this kind of stuff. But right here in verse 16 and 17 of Romans chapter 11, it says, For the first fruit is holy. First fruit is holy. The lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Alright? So we know that when we got saved, Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Remember that in John? We, there's never a branch. I, I spent two days or more cutting limbs off trees during Labor Day weekend. Bunch of limbs. We got limbs piled up everywhere, even over at Brooklyn. And, and so we cut these limbs off. What happened to those limbs when I cut them off and they hit the ground? They started a dying process, didn't they? A dying process. They cannot live without that tree, without that trunk, without the main root coming into that tree. It cannot live. We know that. So if we're the branches and He's the vine and He's the main root that we get all everything through, we cannot live without Him as we need to. Well, eventually, if, we're, if, we're, if we go away and cut ourselves off and say, I don't believe that because it's too hard. We're eventually going to wither up and die. Spiritually. Right? We're going to be no good 
And, and Jesus even talks about cutting those things off and throwing them out. He wants us to produce. Jesus told a parable, and I don't have it down here, but he told a parable about a, 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 a farmer that come home and, and planted a tree, you know, had trees, and it's this olive tree, and it wasn't producing. And he told the gardener, he said, chop that thing down and throw it away. He's in the garden and said, hold up, hold up, let, let me do some tending to it. Let me, listen, let him do some tending to you this morning. Don't, don't just sit there with the same garbage working in your life every day to where you can't see nothing else. Don't do that. Let him tend to you. And he said, he said, all right. He said, I'll let you do it. And he said, after another year, he said, if, it, if I come back and it's not, we're going to chop it down. He wants to tend to you. He don't, want, he don't want you to be cut off. He wants you to produce in the body of Christ. So if the first fruit is holy and the root is holy, then so are the branches. So if we're engrafted into the, into the living Word of God, into His body of Christ, into His vine, and we're His branches, then we're engrafted it, then it's holy. Then because He's holy, I'm holy. You've got to take the human aspect out of it because He's holy, I'm holy. And He said, and if some of the branches are broken off and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them with them because and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So in other words, we're not Jews. We weren't the original chosen that God had, right? We weren't the children of God. But we accepted Him. We were that wild olive tree that was grafted in to that branch, to that, to that vine, to that tree. And guess what? We got the same benefits that they do. He said, now you're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So we're right there together. Why would we go off and do it on our own when we can't do anything right the way we need to without God working through us and giving us the ability we need? Why would we do that? Because our flesh wants us to. But we're holy. Because He's holy, we're holy. Don't ever forget that. We get our nutrients and everything from Jesus Himself, from God Himself. We get those things from Him because we've been grafted in. Alright? So, so that's where we can say, hey, now I can walk in love. I can walk in gentleness. I can walk in goodness. I can walk in faithfulness. Why? Because I've seen all those things in the Holy Spirit. I've seen all those things from God. I've, said, I've read about all those things from Jesus, how He's faithful, and He never lets us down. So if we've seen that, and He's holy, we're holy, then we can walk in those same things. We don't have to walk the way we did before. Let's read on in verse 23 through 26 as we end up today. So verse 23, it starts out of Galatians 5. Gentleness, self-control. I need a lot of self-control in my life. I do. Against such there is no law. Against those things. There's no... Man cannot tell you you cannot be kind to others. Can he? None of this can we be arrested for, for being good, being loving, being gentle, faithfulness, showing self-control when things get tough. Looking to God when we need to, believing and trusting in Him, walking as we should each and every day. There's nothing that any of this world, they're not going to come arrest you because you're being a good person. They're not going to do it. There's no law against it. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. We talked about crucified the flesh with its desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So those are fruits that we can walk in and freely walk in each and every day. And not have to worry about any consequences of anything. Anything that is going to bring out through us and around us is going to be the goodness of God. Why? Because we're walking in the Spirit. We, we chose to put that on. Our trials and problems, they're going to come. Is people in your life, like Miss Pat's having to go through, she is a good person. She, she's a woman of God, a child of God. But yet she's having to deal with the loss of a loved one because we live in a fallen creation. Those things are still going to happen. But how much better would it be if we, when those things do happen to come up against us or whatever happens in our life, that we use what God's given us to use so we can get through those as we need to and people will see a difference in us. We'll see a change because we decided to walk with the Spirit leading us because we decided to put Him on that day. Tomorrow, I'll, everybody will hear, Oh, it's Monday. It's Monday. Oh, it's Monday again. And I've, I've, there's a woman at work. One of the cleaning ladies. This was Tuesday. Oh, I just can't wait to be Friday again. I said, she's wishing your life away already? I said, guess what? If it's Friday again, it's going to be Monday again in a couple of days. <laughs> it's a, a never-ending cycle. So if we can learn to be happy on Sunday, we can be happy on Monday through Saturday, and it doesn't matter what day it is. All days end in why. There's nothing in the Bible that says that we have to be sad because it's Monday, because we've got to go to work. Well, guess what? If we didn't have debt, we wouldn't have to go to work. I think J.J. said here a couple weeks ago in our men's class, it's like the Indians had it right. They knew what they were doing. They didn't have no debt. You know, they went out and killed what they wanted to, made their own way, smoked their peace pipe at the end of the day. They didn't have none of this stuff that we got. And us Americans come in and we take all that and we want more, don't we? We want more. And smoke our peace pipe. But it's still not legal. Not in Alabama. But I'm just going home saying, Pastor said I smoked my peace pipe. No, I did not. I didn't. It's on tape. It's on recording. I did not say that. I'm sure it will be in Alabama one day, but it is not now. And we're not going to sell it at church to make money. That's not how we're going to build our building fund. Is to get into the pot business. <clears throat> or CBD oil, whatever. We're not going to do none of that. All right. Let's be led by the Spirit, okay? Led by the Spirit. As we're, lead, as we're led by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. You put those things on every day. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Holy Spirit, use me today as you would have me to be used. That's what we need to pray every day. All day. Trust me, this past couple of weeks of studying this, I've had to pray it more. You know, I'll, and, you know, I'll say something at home or, or, you know, say something that not out of the way, not an argument or anything, just just something, and I'll catch myself. Really? You, you didn't have to say that. You didn't have to do that. How is that showing gentleness and goodness and love and, and long-suffering and patience and kindness and all these things? It's not. So when you, go, when you leave here today, don't go to the restaurant. I've heard, I've heard uh, people that in the restaurant business say Sunday afternoons are their worst time a lot of times. And you know who it's from? It's not from the people that didn't go to church. It's from those that have been sitting in here listening to the Word of God and go out and they get their food when they wanted to, so they show out. Right? So let's show, if you go out to eat today, tomorrow, whenever, hey, show them that you're the goodness of God. Show them that you walk in the Spirit. You don't, you don't get into the flesh. You don't do all these other things that you want to do. And that everything we do, as Pat taught this morning, we glorify God. And you're glorifying God by walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Living in the freedom that God's given us to. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning.
you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, then you don't know what it is to walk in the goodness of God. You don't know how it is to, to be led by the Holy Spirit because you're still living yourself. You're the blind leading the blind. You're, you're just going off doing what you want to do every day. So until we make Jesus Lord of our life, we're not going to live like He wants us to live. We're not going to live in these things and walk in so today is the day of salvation, as I say every week. Not tomorrow, not the next day, not oh, I'll get it. I can still do what I want to do. Um, you know, God knows and understands. I still got the rest of my teenage years and college years to go through. Then I'll uh, then I'll make myself. Then there's people that are dying each and every day.